how would you feel if you were just a kid from Brisbane who really liked music and then suddenly found yourself as the person that writes the soundtrack to one of the most successful screen projects to have ever come out of Australia and still be that kid who loves music, turning up to work every day, kind of not quite believing that this is what you get to do. Well, that, ladies and gentlemen, is Joff Bush. Joff is the lead composer for the international super smash children's cartoon, Bluey. He's an absolutely brilliant human being. And who he is comes through in every note you hear when you watch that show. I can't say enough good things about that show. And I can't say enough good things about Joff. So let's get to this conversation because it is awesome. Firstly, though, I've got to pay the bills. So here's some ads and then there's Joff. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I can get really nerdy about the theme as well. Um, it's got an odd time signature in the middle. It's an extra Odin do. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you can actually count it. It goes... You count one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, and then one, two, three, four, five. That three, four, five. Yeah. So if, if every gap, if you're having trouble counting where to come in, yeah. Two, three, four, five. And then it gets back into there. So it's like one, two, three, four, 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 five. Yeah, that's it. And then every time in those gaps, the, the shout moves back one beat. So it builds anticipation to the bluey. That is composer 
Joff Bush, the man behind the music for the TV show Bluey. And this is Osher Ginsberg, Better Than Yesterday. G'day. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Osher Ginsberg. This is Better Than Yesterday. It's a podcast here to make your day-to-day better than yesterday. Something you hear on this show and every show will do just that. That's a guarantee. Uh, There's hundreds and hundreds, nearly 800 episodes going back to 2013. And every one of them will do exactly what it says on the box by having conversations with people from all over the world, from all walks of life and some experts in their field. I'm Osher. I'm a uh, podcaster. I'm an author. I host TV shows and I'm currently... Uh, behind the desk of a pretend TV show that is uh, part of a real comedy show that's happening at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. I'm recording this a couple of days ago because the weekend's huge with shows, but it's been going really well. We're at Malthouse Theatre in South Bank in Melbourne. We've had some incredible special guests. We've had Natasha Exelby, Danny Minogue, Mr. Simon Taylor told us a brilliant story about the time that he became the first Australian to ever do a stand-up slot on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Amazing stuff. And of course, the NTN and NNN News team have just been absolutely brilliant. People have been coming up to us after the show going, oh, so you two guys there, when you did that thing about the Jim's Moan guy making his own country, did you? You must have figured that out before the show. Nope. Nope. They created it all in the moment. They're absolutely brilliant. And I'm so, so, so happy uh, with the way the show's going. Though we are running out of shows. We're not on tonight, the uh, third. We're taking the night off because the whole festival takes the night off apparently. But we're back tomorrow night and we play until the ninth. So get in. Tickets are in the show notes and I'd love to see you again because it's it's never the same show twice. Never the same show twice. And it's always fucking awesome. I just have to talk to you about my guest today. Geoff Bush is a composer and multi-instrumentalist from Brisbane, Australia. You may not know his name, but you know the sounds that he makes. Geoff is the man behind the music for the hit TV show, Bluey. How big is Bluey? Bluey is in the top 10 streaming shows across all shows in the US. Bluey is the most successful show ever to be streamed on the ABC iView platform. It's in that many countries. It's unbelievable. If you if you don't have kids, that's okay. You can watch Bluey because it is such a wholesome, brilliant, incredible television program. I think personally, I think it's the best sitcom that's been written since Seinfeld. I think it's the best parenting advice anyone could ever wish for. Everything you ever wanted to know about cognitive behavioral therapy, you can learn in the episode called Stories. Everything you wanted to know about screenwriting, you can learn in the episode called Curry Swap. It is just brilliant. Joe Brum, who is the creator and writer of Bluey, is incredible. And he has teamed up with a musician who can match that unbelievable vision. I first met Joff after I took Wolfie to go and see Bluey's big play at the Sydney Opera House. I took a photo and tagged Joff and Daly Pearson, who are the Daly's um, producer of the show. And I just wrote like, hey, this is freaking amazing. I didn't know Joff, but he DM'd me and goes, hey, glad you like the show. And we just started talking back and forth. And we've been talking since then. And 
we were going to do a live podcast together in Brisbane before my surgeon said, no, don't get on planes. Not right now. Uh, so we weren't able to do it. But I'm so thrilled that Joff and I were finally able to have this conversation. It gets nerdy, but look, if you're into screenwriting and if you're into the way that music works with what you watch on TV, you're going to love this. If you've never thought about the way music works with what you watch on TV, you're about to learn a whole lot of stuff. If you don't care, doesn't matter. You're about to learn a whole bunch of stuff and you're about to get a clue as to why Bluey is what it is. When you hear Josh speak, when you hear who he is, it's easy to tell that amount of passion translates so perfectly into the music that you hear in every single episode. He writes six fresh minutes of score for every episode. That is a colossal amount of music. Most other kids' cartoons, they just play the same thing every show. I know too many Octonauts Jeopardy themes. No, it's like the same piece of music and you hear it hundreds of times, but not with Bluey. The only thing you hear repeated ever is the opening and closing credits. And you know what? I'll stop talking and hand over to the absolutely wonderful human being that is Joff Bush. I'm so grateful to be speaking with you today, Joff. I honestly, I am so inspired by you and who you are and what you do. The fact that you're also in Brisbane and have are doing it from Brisbane is the sort of thing that just buoys my heart with joy and makes me want to tunnel a Stephen Hawking wormhole through time <laughs> and find myself in the music room of 1989 in my high school and go, it's going to be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty wild how things – This it's I think that's the wildest thing about this is it's come from Brisbane. And it's, it's very Brisbane. The whole show is very it's Brisbane. Tough. Yeah, it's it's really nice. I I, I remember playing, I you know when this was before it was released or anything, and I had a friend from Texas come and uh, into the studio, and they <laughs> and, and I, they saw a little thing, and they're going, "What are they saying? I don't I don't understand." I thought, "Oh well, they'll just be on Australia then. That's all right." Um, <laughs> and I had no idea I was going to, you know, I was convinced it would never <laughs> get over to the US let alone be go so great there it's been amazing <laughs> and and what you know and I spoke about this with your colleague uh, Melanie Zanetti the oh, first yeah. episode the first episode of blue that I ever saw was um, the one where they're down at South Bank eating ice cream oh, or trying to eat yeah ice cream. yeah and, yeah ice cream and, and I watched I was watching this with Wolfie just going that's that's my city. That's what, that is where I grew up. That is exactly, that's a city cat. Cause I mean, we're, we're a little, I think I'm a 13 or 14 years older than you are, but still you're, you're old enough to remember a time when you just didn't see what Brisbane looked like anywhere in Australian culture. It was Sydney or Melbourne or the outback. Yeah. True. True. I, they'd be playing cricket in the summertime wearing jumpers in Melbourne. I'm like, it's fucking 36. What are you doing? <laughs> You know? I, do, I do remember a really early like review of, of of Bluey saying something like, "These kids on a um, in a tropical island, um, like yeah. there wasn't like a reference for it." So it was really, yeah, um, yeah it's pretty amazing um, that I, I think everyone's sort of picked up now, and and I've had people, 
getting contacted with me saying, oh, I, we're visiting Bluey Land, which is Brisbane. So, you know, we've been typecast now, us Brisbaneites. <laughs> I was on holidays in Cairns with my family a couple of months back and look, there there it was. There was that incredible, you know, all the palm trees hanging over from um, from fairy tale. Oh, it's, yeah, it's there. yeah. So that's Astounding. Sitting, that's sitting in Cairns, isn't it? I've... I've Totally forgot that. Mission Beach. It's the Mission. It's the Mission Beach Caravan Park. Amazing. That's amazing. It's oh. <laughs> um, unbelievable. It's so so beautiful yeah. and so authentically, you know. And as someone who watches thousands of hours of toddler television, like I watch a lot of it. <laughs> the outstanding difference with Bluey, Joff Bush, <laughs> is that you care enough to write a new score aside from the intro and outro theme song you care enough to write a new score for every episode yeah there's other shows that go here's the production music here's your you know exciting bit here's tense bit here's the you know all the kind of release where the machines all come together and become the big machine (laughs) and that's the same 35 bits every episode ever yeah yeah and it it just sticks in your head. When you were first, like, that is a huge amount of work to write seven fresh minutes of music or yeah. six fresh minutes of music yeah, yeah. every every episode. Yeah. That's a colossal workload, man. Like, it is when you were first faced with that, you were like, oh, I can do that. Did you have any idea what you were getting yourself into? No. I, well, the, the story is like when I first spoke to uh, – Daily, the ex- executive producer of Bluey, and I have been making stuff since we were, you know, 17, 18. And he put it to me, because we were doing another project at the time, and he put it to me as, oh, can you reckon you could fit in this little show on the side we're going to try and make? And <laughs> I was like, oh, is it, what is it? It's, oh, it's, it's like, um, it's, it's a kid show. It's like just four to six-year-olds or something like that. It was very much like, I call it like hear a carrot, see a carrot type of music um, where whatever you see is is real oh they're sad do something sad or you know it's very external approach to film scoring and um, hear a carrot see a carrot that is <laughs> like i want that to be when you're professor bush at the con i want that to be God help the name of the hear a carrot see a carrot <laughs> that'll be it that's the name of my thesis where is your carrot <laughs> <laughs> See a carrot, hear a carrot. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's the sound of one carrot. That's amazing. <laughs> I hadn't realized. I sort of went, oh, I don't know, um, and I hadn't realized, you know, how great it would be until I met Joe, and you know, one of the first things he said to me was, "We want to do something different every episode. We're not going to reuse stuff." And yeah, uh, we talked about imaginative play, and he just had this really like. Um, well thought out idea about making something uh, about Bluey. A, lo- a lot of the idea behind it was already like in his head there. And then I saw some of the early animatics and, uh, and uh, animatic is like a rough moving storyboard, like a, like a comic that's moving sort of thing. It's, it's, you know, sketches. It's not filled out with color. There's rough yeah, edges, it. but yeah, it, you can get yeah. one. They move sometimes three frames a second yeah it's spot on yeah yeah Sorry. yeah and um or even if that um yeah <laughs> some of them's just a, a shot of the house for five seconds and some voices and right. and but i'd seen some of those early animatics and i i just knew it was going to be 
something I had to do then. It was something really special. When Joe Brum first says, I want to do something every episode, did you have an idea of how many carrots you would have to write music for? <laughs> I remember just thinking, oh, yeah, you say that now, but we'll, we'll, we'll reuse something. But I hadn't seen it. And, um, you know, the, part of the decision was that every episode, a lot of the episodes focus on a different game and a different uh, philosophy around imaginative play or or development that the kids go through. And even though there's no, like, lessons in the show, having this, um, the, the kids, they're not avert. The kids learn through the the practice of these games. And and, um, and so every uh, episode, we wanted each game to feel like a new world, like we have that sort of the, the kids' perspective of it. So, if we, for example, there's mm. an episode called Hotel, and with something we talked about a lot, actually, is the kid whose perspective is it? Which character is it? It's so easy as adults to just play the parents' perspective, but we were going, yeah. okay, this is the kids are playing hotel. What what does a hotel sound like to say a six year old? What's in their head, you know? And then trying to make something that's kind of faux posh, but not really, and then and, and play around with that sort of idea. Um, I mean that's just one example, and then uh, there's an episode called Bike. I don't you do you know do you know all these episodes? I'm not <laughs> I've seen every single seen episode ten times at a minimum of ten times. <laughs> I might not know the name of the episode, but if you tell me what which one Bike is, I'll know exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bike's the one where um, where Bluey's learning to ride a bike and and she gives up in the in park. The park. As, and, as as Bingo as is, is using the bubble. Yeah, yes. and so no. they, they're all sitting, Bluey and Bandit are sitting on the park bench um, watching all the other kids try to do their little tasks, what they're trying to achieve and and their own, you know, learning about resilience and, and all those sorts of things. And they're just observing all the kids in the park. And then at the end, all the, all the kids achieve what they want to do. Uh, Bingo gets the water from the bubbler and, uh, I've forgotten all the characters' names there. I'm, I'm the terror, worst Bluey fan ever. But they, I think Muffin puts – someone puts a backpack Muffin on. Puts a backpack someone puts yeah, yeah, yeah. puts a backpack on. Someone climbs up a pole and grabs a ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they all achieve that. Yeah. And, you know, for example, for that one, we could just play the achievement or play the th- play what's happening, you know, the, the kids are getting distressed, follow that. Um, but we, we sort of talked about it and I thought, well, you know, when I was a piano teacher, I used to teach like Ode to Joy because um, it fits under the hand perfectly. And so the the whole score of that is a child learning to play Ode to Joy. So it's the same sort of process. And I was trying to think of how they would phrase it. Um, and then we have this little simmering, bubbling thing underway. This is very like philosophical approach. And all this comes about from these really long discussions, you know, between Joe and I in the in this room here, just chatting about what's this story about, what's this going. And and in, in the end, we get the child learning piano in the score gets better and better. And then when they all achieve things, we have the full operatic version, which I didn't have the budget to get proper things. So it's just me. But um, uh, it kind of sounds funny. <laughs> and that is, you know, that, that's that's such a beautiful thing. You drop so much in there, which as as some I grew up. And I think when we first started texting, we first started texting after I'd seen Bluey's big play at the Opera House and I just was 
so blown away as it was. I've seen a fucking ton of live performance, right? I've been to Nebworth. I've not Nebworth. I've been to fucking the Reading Festival. I've seen shit everywhere. I've never seen a theatrical production as incredible or emotive, beautifully oh, executed as that. And I remember t- messaging you afterwards going, mate, that was astounding. And one of the things I love about this whole series, this whole show, I'm someone who never listened to pop music when I was little, a little, little, little. Yeah, right. never yeah. had radio on, ever. We had uh, Tchaikovsky, Stravinsky, Mozart, John Cage, uh, Pierre Henry. Um, we, we had, uh, what was his name? Oh, Carol Stockhausen. We had, uh, I had, four, <laughs> I had 433 on vinyl. All right. This was the music <laughs> my dad was wow. into. We had you know, John Coltrane, Miles Davis. These were the records yeah. we would play with. And amazing. so for me, that was that was what music was. And when I started hearing pop music, I think ABBA was the mm. first one I remember. It was like, well, this is different. You know, I'd never really heard that kind of hook and thing. When before. did you first hear sort of pop music? Was it... I re- I remember knowing it when my cousin started singing it around about the age of five. Wow! Six. So before wow. before that, and then into my you know as I got kind of you know we are bored. There's no iPhones, no iPads. Pre Atari, you want to play? You're bored. We put the needle on the record, and yeah, I love that stuff. And so to hear how much classical music is in, is ingrained and incorporated in the mm. score. Louis, it's such a marvelous way to. It's not Peter and the Wolf, though. I love whistling that mm. when you know Wolf and I are going to the park. <laughs> it's not that, but it's also just having classical music in their lives. Yeah, it, a lot of that, you know, decision came from Joe as well. Like he, he'll he'll send me like, oh, have you heard the this recording of the Brandenburg Concerto? And have you like that? And then he'll send me something like. Uh, have you heard this track by The Strokes or something? Like, it's he's got a really amazing eclectic sort of music taste, and and that's actually been, you know, that's that's a big it's, it's makes it a dream to work with as well. So there's that, and then you know I'll, I'll send things like I'm thinking this is really great for this episode as well. It was just a lot of back and forth there. The play we had a I wrote a, a theme like a sis I call it the sisters theme, and it's all about sort of coming together. So you've got these two voices. One goes, and then the other one goes, and then, and then. And then. And then, yes, yes. And then when they come together, we get this. thing um so it's like if you if you if anyone's seeing the play for the first time you can sort of hear that m- melody is always like and then the answer and they come together like this and and that's that's the whole concept between that because that whole play is really about these sisters sort of coming together um it's so it's end. so yeah. beautiful man it's it's not hyperbole to say that the the musical backup to the script writing, it makes the show as powerful as it is. If it was just stock standard, 
you know, score pulled off a, you know, a folder that like this is the score for this season. This is what we're doing. It, there's no, <laughs> yeah, it makes, makes no sense, you know. Yeah. Yet if you've suddenly, you know, if, if a line of dialogue happens and there's a melody that shows up behind it and mm. then when the callback, you know, there's a, there's a formula to a Bluey episode. It's okay. <laughs> Every show's got a formula. When the callback happens <laughs> the final act, there's yeah. the melody again. This yeah, time yeah. with the other ones, like, oh, like it triggers bits um, of your brain that connect stuff other, you know, hitherto not connected, hitherto not connected. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, just I, it just I, unlocks I, stuff. Thank you for noticing that because I mean, that's something that's, you know, a subconscious sort of trick. And uh, which is, I, I, I first le- learned about doing that. Um, it's a, a real structural approach to like musical storytelling and. There was a f- the first film I saw do this was um, a Kurosawa film called uh, Drunken Angel, and um, <laughs> this is get how nerdy how nerdy can we get here? <laughs> uh, no, you can go. We can go super nerdy. It's fine. <laughs> Strap yourself in. So in that film, there's this like end scene um, where the protagonist is stabbed and he falls back and dies over um, into some laundry on a balcony and it's just this um there's this beautiful sort of sweeping score and this is like during the time where you know it was like film noir and we get this you know you usually go um you know sort of thing you get like real dark and boom boom and this one just had this beautiful like serene score and i was it was like sort of revelish sort of score and i was going why is this hitting me so hard and looked back through the film and what had happened was that piece of music was associated with the doctor who was trying to save the protagonist throughout wow. the film. So when yeah. he finally dies, you're reminded subconsciously of the doctor's kindness. And so right. that just like hits you even more because it's like, this was all for nothing. What a waste of life, you know, the thing. And the final scene, we just see the doctor buying eggs for the protagonist, you know, like in this loving way and so you can take that into uh something like bluey and 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 think oh you know how can we seed ideas subconsciously almost early on to create the right impact at the end and how can we how does that affect the structure and and that sort of thing so it's a real structure structural approach but there's so many different approaches for writing music to stories that you can choose from, and that's one that we definitely do a lot. But it's, it's beautiful because in in filmmaking, visually, we expect that. You know, we yeah. in an opening scene, we might see curtains are closed. In a final scene, we'll see the curtains are open. Like, it has no bearing on the story, but it is yeah. it fires off things in our brain of going, oh, they're more open now as opposed to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it happens yeah. all the time. It happens yeah. all the time. And yeah, it's, you know, it's a playwriting thing. It's like, and to, to have it backed up musically is beautiful. And the idea then that you now, so, and so to go back to my first question, this is, oh my God, I've got to feel six straight minutes. That's a lot of music. And you're usually <laughs> like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to phone it in. Like I'm going to find a, the baritone sax player who can come and help me out on a Thursday. Like this is what's yeah. going to happen, right? Yeah, yeah. Knowing that, that it's okay. Oh, here's the clues of what I need. Here's how I'm going to do it. This is, you know, you've got a bit of a map in your head. You're not just kind of flying yeah. blind, trying to trying to make something happen. Though, do you have a process so you don't 
do the same thing. I say the word at the moment, I'm saying the word, I appreciate that. I say the word appreciate way too much. Musically, surely there's a chord structure or a way your hands move across a piano or a fretboard that kind of repeat themselves. How do you stop yourself from repeating yourself? I think I don't. I think I've got a lot of like things that are that bluey-esque sound that is kind of like certain chords or things that I'll use. I hope there's a, a certain style to it. Even though I work with such I work with so many other composers as well. We 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 write stuff together and and sometimes like there's episodes where you know I'm doing like you know 20% of the score, you know what I mean, but they they're there but I I like to think I'm adding my own flavor to it and I think it just came that sound came with me and it's sort of like growing like a fungus <laughs> through the experience of like Sorry, I've been watching Last of Us. It's grown like a fungus, like on me, and like a, <laughs> through, through the experience of like Bluey or things like that, and yeah. or even before that, like the Family Law. I, when I was doing the music for that, you could hear some of of those influences. And then I guess one day, <laughs> just to milk this analogy, I guess one day you know Joe Brubbs comes along and goes, "Hey, I like your fungus," and um, <laughs> we use that. <laughs> Uh, amazing i I won't i won't talk about it too much more but there's this one like the one particular thing that when it comes to integrating you know classical music um Mm. into the work is the use of gustav holst like the oh yeah the planets like it's i think i did a semester on that when i was at school wow yeah you know is that was the that was the music that we used to study the structure of of uh you know yeah. composition you know yeah and i think our school had i vaguely recall our school had a conductor's score for it and so using that that's how we kind of pulled apart 32 staves and saw how they you know that's the one we used and so yeah nice i think it was a long time ago <laughs> yeah and 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 it is one of the bluey episodes that has little dialogue if any mm. When you're presented with one of those episodes, like Rain, for example, mm. how does that? How does it change the way you approach it? I mean, those are big, high pressure ones, actually. And, and uh, like, if I sleepy time was big, and the I all what we had was Joe wanted to use Jupiter at the end. I'm pretty sure that came from him. I remember we tried a lot of other things. We decided on doing a sort of arrangement of that with a, a composer called, um, I worked with a composer called Dave Barber, who made that sound incredible as well. Um, and uh, and then we used some, you know, throughout we used sort of analog synths and created this sort of soundscape. But um, one of the things there was, I think the key line was um, when Bingo says, I'm a big girl now. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, the mum speech is, is powerful, but it's because of that. It's the idea of that age where they become independent mm. and these and they and then they step away from that uh, that they step away from their parents in a way. Yeah. Um, and the idea that of that matched with the parents saying, I'll always be there for you, I'll always love you is very powerful to everybody, I think. It's just a, it just hits you. And I think what we did because of that is we, 
we tried to do that. You know, we were talking about like before seeding little themes and stuff like that. Yes. <laughs> we tried to do that with, with, with that one, like have little hints of the melody and associate it with the parents caring for their children. So mm-hmm. when they're, you know, walk, tired walking around to get them water or carry them somewhere, we ha- hear that sort of like echoing in the background. And then, you know, it's, just, it's that same trick of, of doing that. So when it does come out, it does hit you even harder. And But I tell you what, that, that episode was brutal um, when it, before music was on it. It was just so beautifully animated and um, the script is amazing and I, I, I could have played ragtime on it. I think it still would have hit hard, but um, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's staggering. It's a staggering episode because it is. I'm going through it for the second time and it's, you know, there's nothing that makes you feel more amazing than when a small child in distress cuddles up in bed mm. and your presence calms them. It's like, I am a god. This is incredible. <laughs> But also, like I am, I I I've brought you relief, and I am so bonded in that moment. And then mm. after a while, you're like, I need to fucking sleep, man. I can't <laughs> get in your own bed, dude. Yeah. And then when they, you get them to a point where they go, I'll never forget it. You know, we mm. would lie in bed and read stories to G every night. She was about eleven, I think. And then, well, oh, which story do you want tonight? She goes, I'm okay tonight. And that was it. We didn't know that the last night had been the last night that we would wow. ever do it. Wow. And it's amazing because you're like, oh, we got you there. But also, I miss not being that for you. Yeah. And this is what the episode was, you know, it's this beautiful duality. Of, yeah. yeah. And, and which is, man, I could talk about that. <laughs> like, but we do have to get to like the, the big, big question. All right. <laughs> yeah. Were you in an Augustus Pablo tribute band? Why? Joff Bush, did you own a melodica? Oh, geez. Um, I don't even know if I owned a melodica before Bluey. Now I have several. I should, like, yeah. they're not all here, otherwise I would give you a demonstration. Um, I've got one. <laughs> you've got one. You've got one. I, that I is, actually have like the same model that you, I believe this is the same model. That is exactly the same model. I, I need, like, it's, I, I hope they sponsor me one day. But there's, um... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So the, if you've never heard of melodica, it is like um, it's uh, like I need a, to get one now. Like I'm a terrible keyboard player, but <laughs> that's that beautiful. And you know the sound; it goes like this. That's it. That's the that's the bluey sound. So yeah. what 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 were you what were you doing with one of these? <laughs> and why did you go? I tell you what, this needs melodica. Yeah, I, I I have no idea. I think it's it's so funny looking back at the the theme and trying to remember all the process that went around coming up with all the ideas around it. And I can, I've I've got reasons for everything, but I don't know how true they are. And because it's so long ago, and this was no one would have thought it would have been such something that anyone would have asked me, you know, about like, you know, why, why the melodica and things like that back then. And I think it was because it was sort of like a school instrument maybe. It's something that is, there might have been something like that. It, it was it really unique and it cuts through. I can get really nerdy about the theme as well. Um, but it, it's, um, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got an odd time signature in the middle um, for the music nerds in the middle there. It's, there is. It's, it's an extra. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> a, yeah. So you can actually count it. It goes, you count one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, and then one, two, three, four, five. That three, four, five. Yeah. So if, if every gap, if you're having trouble counting where to come in, yeah. Two, three, four, five, and then it gets back into there. So it's like one, two, three, four, 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 five. Yeah, that's it. And then every time in those gaps, the the shout moves back one beat. So it builds anticipation <laughs> to the bluey. So you get it. Our, that's the thing we want to build this sort of excitement up to the the title thing. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, mum. And then the next one goes, Hang one, on. two, no, three, four, chance, I'm never going to get a chance in my life to ever do this again. Okay, let's so. do it. All right. Are we, am I counting it? Okay. I'm going <laughs> to. A bit slower for me because I'm not quite as good of a lot of a player as you all are. Right. It's the right <laughs> we'll piece. About it. Okay, let's right, go. go. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five. Mom. Bump, bump. Oh, sorry. That's <laughs> I got oh, it no, wrong. No, 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 I got it wrong. It's actually I got it wrong. And then it's like a it's like an eight. Um, like that, yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> all those, all that, the hundreds of thousands of dollars my mum spent on music school. It's just <laughs> sorry, she's not allowed to see it. <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I'm impressed, and I'm invested. And that's it. And now I put it away, so I, I, I'm just retiring undefeated. No, bring it out. This is, a, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so. There's, there's a lot of weird math in in that, and, and but the the key to that was really that um, when Joe said, I, "I want it to be a game of musical statues that introduces yeah. um, the all the characters." It's a genius concept because you get to meet every character and you introduce that idea of imaginative play and all those things you know, at the same time. So, yeah, uh, it, was, it was cool. I, I kind of love that it's carrying on the great tradition of strange time signatures in kids' TV. The um, pinball song was so influential in my life because it was, you know, there's a bar of four, then a bar of five, then a yeah. bar of four, then a bar of seven, then you count to 11, yeah. and then you – but Groove stays on the whole time, and, and this was commissioned – they just went for it. Yeah. It's so I, – I never expected people to dance to the Bluey theme and the same way that prob- I would dance to the, the the point. It's just that that pinball track is incredible. And I, I forgot about how how interesting it is. It's like a, it's like a it's, jazz funk odyssey. It's like – It is. Yeah. And, and and there's a version that's a flute solo. Wow. There's a version that's a steel drum yeah. solo. Yeah, for, for each number it's, and – Bananas, but and here's the thing, and this is where I'm going to tie this all together. Just the other day on this show, I interviewed Rob and Dean from the Curiosity Show, like landmark science communicators in Australia. They're in their 70s now, but we spoke a lot about how people just underestimate a small child, I'm talking toddlers, mm. ability to understand and appreciate things that adults think is complicated. Mm. Like a three or four year old gives not a shit that there's a bar of five in the middle of the bluey theme song. No, don't yeah, care. No. They, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this idea of like, oh no, it's got it. It was weird. The beat's all weird. Do it not. No, no. 
Do no. it. And also it gives them permission to fall over, to not come in at the same time because no one can. You know, it's like I was trying to count it with you before then. I got it wrong. I got that wrong. So it's like. And you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, times I'm going, hang on, what did I do there? But you see that with kids sort of dancing around. It's like it does give you permission to fall over and 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 not do it. And uh, like I never expect because there's no drums in that track. There's just or anything like that. But it's definitely something that's yeah. It's 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 really cool to particularly see young kids jump up and dance to it or respond to it in that way. Some people have said, "Oh, you must have done this because of the um, this study that says uh, children and." And odd time signatures, or, or there's, you know, there's some science behind it that I've yet to find out about. But um, I'll happily pretend that I, I did that in mind. Mate, you are just one step closer to your honorary professorship <laughs> from Berkeley. Like, as long as I don't give any classes, everyone will be fine. <laughs> you're by, you're by yourself. You, you mentioned that you did, you know, you've done some of these episodes completely mm. by yourself. But sometimes, you know, as I said before, you're like, oh, I've got this game. It's a you know, and I don't know if you used a sample or not, but like, oh, it's about a balloon, baritone sax. Who do I know that plays baritone sax? Do people just show up and then, like, well, how does it happen? Uh, yeah. They, you know, the Barry sax player is just an old friend from who, who plays everything. His name's Joe Roberts. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's he's an incredible player. And we've played in bands together for ages. And then the violinist, um, Yuka Snell, is like, those two are probably the two musicians I use all the most. And, you know, Yuka records from her studio in Berlin. And um, we're at the point where I'll send her something and she just goes, uh, she'll fix up my arrangement and she'll go, I just write, oh, you know that run I like? Can you just do that sort of thing? Like, And she, we've just got that such a shorthand now. And, and those are people who are so part of that sound. And, and so many things came from like, we don't have a budget for an orchestra, but I can get... You could play these chords, and then I'll I'll mix it with me going ooh and and playing accordion really lightly or something, and then that just becomes the sound because we didn't have the you know the resources to do an orchestra, and you know maybe that maybe that helped more accordion and a wider variety of accordion. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So because let, let's let's talk a bit about because I'm fascinated with this idea of. Uh, and it's happened a few times in in my career. It's happened twice in my career, thankfully. I've been involved in, like, once in the music scene in Brisbane where there's kind of select group of people and crew of people mm. or kind of somehow moved through space and time linked together as we went. And mm. the same thing happened with Channel V where we're at Chan I was at Channel V for six years, I think, yeah. seven years. And the same crew of people on and off camera all kind of moved through space and time together. And now, you know, there's there's people that I call about a project that, you know, I've known now people a year older than me or a year younger than me mm. uh, weren't that, but for some there's this weird thing that happens like a like a a, a ring like a like a smoke ring blown out at a science show, you know, it just kind of moves through the room together. You you mentioned that you met daily when you were like seventeen yeah. and you were you know, like I'm, I'm fascinated with that like that you just kind of knew each other and you went, I'm working on this thing. You want to help out? <laughs> what were you doing at 17? Were you the very, very nerdy kid at school? Oh, this was like, I, I should, 17 was like my first year at the con. We might have been 18, but it was 17, 18 around there. And I think we were doing, there used to be a, a competition. I don't know if it's still going. It's called the 48-hour film competition. And I was just one of the very few people who 
uh, I guess, saved up all their paper run money to buy a like program to record on my like see-through iMac, which even then was a little bit old. And like, it was like, you know, like I just had things to make scores, which not too many people had yeah. then. And so, you know, it was, we would, we would do these little um, short films and, and, and competitions and we were both, we we're all obsessed with the same sort of films. Like we, we, I think we did, we did a um, version of, Jurassic Park, but with magpies. That's sort of like, you know, those sort of like, and yes. that we're like 18 and wearing suits, either that, that they are parents' suits or something, and like pretending to smoke, going, we've seen a lot of shit. You know, those sorts of like, the, that student film vibe, which I love. They were probably all terrible, but it was just playing and, and, and making things for the fun of it. Not everybody's you. There's, there's kind of you're one of the two people in my life that I know who can do what you do. When you can hear a, a cartoon theme song from 45 years ago, turn to a piano and go, oh, like that. And here's what it would sound like if it was reggae. You know, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't do that. I liken it to the people that translate at UN nuclear conferences. You know, they're able to go, ah, uh, okay, you mean that? I'm gonna now, you know translate that into this it's you and toe hider mike mills who made all the music for my my live show incredible but at what point did you realize that you were you were unlike the other kids <laughs> that you could do things with a keyboard that other kids couldn't do because it's all like when you're doing it you're like like when you speak to a rhythmic gymnast they're like what do you mean you can't do 17 double turns in blah, blah, blah? You learn how to not fall yeah. over and then you do it. I, I, think you're being real, I think you're being very generous and I really appreciate it. But, I, you know, I think, like, I was never a prodigy kid. Like, in terms of, like, actual being a musician, uh, you know, I was, like, I saw some of my old piano report cards that were, like, you know, C minus, you know, just scraping through. And then when I started, I studied piano foolishly at the con as my first thing until my piano lecturer just said, you're, you're just writing all the time. And then I look back and I was like, yeah, that's actually what I do. I just write stuff. I write music. And, and I found like a little book I'd written when I was like five or six trying to draw the notes. But, you know, put me in front of particularly some of the musicians I get to work with and I can't keep up. I'm just, you know, I just, I go, oh, wow, imagine being able to do that. Um, <laughs> and, and I find that just incredible to watch. It is the understanding of it, Joff. It's like uh, the people that make the John Wick movies, right? Yeah. The, the, the person behind the camera mm. watches the stunt performers go, fucking hell. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. At the same time as pulling unbelievable rack focus while they're being hoisted backwards on a crane so they can get this shot where they fly through the air. But they can't do it without each other. One, you know, one has a greater vision mm. that requires this thing that they, because you can't execute it doesn't mean it shouldn't be in the thing. It's like, no, 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 it has to be there. Yeah, yeah. And having the humility to go, well, I can't do that. I'm going to get someone that can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's got to be, this is what it is. Actually, that's it. Yeah. When you say you were, you know, playing in bands, what kind of bands are we talking <laughs> here, um, Yeah. Well, I played like, uh, I played bar piano for a, a while. Like it used to be, I, this was like a bit of a dream. Like I was going, ah, oh, I want to be Tom Waits or, you know, that sort of thing playing bar piano, which isn't the reality. The reality is you're playing at some restaurant um, and no one's listening. And then occasionally someone goes, there's a man at the piano 
Piano Man, you should play Piano Man. And then you just play Piano Man about 10 times a night. So, um, you know, that was the sort of things I did. And I played in a cabaret jazz band as well um, called Safety Dance uh, with Joe, the sax player. And 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 then there was uh, it was always things where that were a bit odd or had a story. You know, we'd, we'd do things like write songs for uh, that were national anthems of made-up countries, very uncommercially viable. <laughs> Doesn't matter if that's what fun. led you all to where you are today. <laughs> and this is yeah. the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny how that, it's like as soon as you stop trying to be anything, you know, trying to be a, a particular sound that I'm not or anything that's commercial and just did what I felt would I want. I would want to hear. Then that's when it's everybody was like, "Oh, I like that. I like your fungus." <laughs> Where were you playing piano? It was a bar piano? I, oh, there was a few places. There was one. Well, it's actually gone now. There was one called uh, what was it called? Um, there used to be a bar upstairs above a place called the Crosstown Eating House. I played every week, and there was another restaurant called um, Jazz. It was it called Jazz? I think. I that one does what it says on the it box. Does what it says on, and they had they had this stone grill thing, and, where where they where they the cook stay. Oh, maybe I shouldn't be talking about because they might still be around. You might have to cut it if you look it no, up. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. I guess I, 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 what I'm what I'm what I'm wondering is, you know, there's the famous, you know, the Beatles in Germany before they blew up. You know, <laughs> no. that is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours. At a keyboard, getting direct feedback from yeah, an audience. Yeah, yeah. What do you What do you learn? From I mean, there was somewhere that? I would go, a rock up, and I would get. Is a lot of it's like ingenuity, like yeah. There, there was one, yeah. I'm thinking there's one place I used to play at um, where the piano was so broken. I'd get all the bar straws and um, blue tack and sticky tape, and I'd realign the hammers on the notes that weren't like even <laughs> like just to get a sound. And and I put the bar straw so that they would slide along the bar straw and hit the string. And um, <laughs> I don't know if I learned anything from it. <laughs> That's called a prepared piano. Yeah, if yeah, you're nerdy. Yeah. That's called a prepared. It wasn't a fork. It was like it, it. It was just to try and make it get a sound, and then you know it'd be so loud you just open everything, you bash it. What did you learn about what people respond to musically? doing that stuff um i do remember the first time i played a gig um was they used to have this you know at qpac queensland performing arts center they had uh, a a uh, restaurant downstairs i think it's still there and they used to have a piano in the restaurant and um my mum was a a usher at qpac then and so uh, i i was like 14 and i got a job playing piano in the in that restaurant um, probably because I was cheap. And um, I remember the first one I rocked up at, I learned all the tunes of the show that was going to be on, you know, and that sort of thing. And, and I'd been practicing and I, I rocked up and I looked at this room full of people in the piano and I just ran away, <laughs> freaked out. And I came back like an hour later wow. and I said, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I can start now. Okay. And then they, and they said, oh, you were gone. We didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay. And I started playing and shaking, shaking, playing, playing. I started playing and no one looked. Everyone's just there to enjoy their meal. 
and it was a big relief um, because I was like, oh, actually, people just want to experience. They're not here to see me. They're here to have a, have, a, have a snack. So let's go from that. Let's go from from that. Fourteen years old in the restaurant going out center to Madison Square Garden. Like same same show, same show. Same <laughs> exactly same material. That's got to be something like that. You, we have maybe when you, you fantasize when you were learnt, when you were playing keyboard, you're like, it's going to be me with a guitar, and I'm going to be on stage at Wembley, and I'll be doing this or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know. And yet, there's your music in front of thousands and thousands of people who are just brimming yeah, with joy. Yeah, yeah. Like, what, what, was, what was that I like? Mean, it was the first time I saw the play was really special because. Such a, I'm such a bubble here, just in this studio, you know, here 16 hours a day and, and, or whatever it is. And then you go out um, to actually witness people in the flesh dancing or getting involved and being part of it and realising you're just like, oh, this show is actually really loved. It's really beautiful to see that. That was really special. That's the best thing of, about it. It's, and Madison Square Garden... It, the idea of it being Madison Square is like a lovely feather on the cap, but it's not anything that motivates me at all. It's like the the novelty of it is what motivated me about it. It's like this is yeah. exciting because it's unusual, not because it's um, a prestige or anything like that. I know I, we say Madison Square Garden, but it's it's you know it's a Hulu theater. It's part of it's like not the main. Um, where the thing is, yeah. so I just, but you know, let's let's cut that out and pretend no. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's all about the brand, dude. It's all about the brand. So, um, yeah, but yeah, to, to be, hear it there, um, it was really special. But I, I was, I think, by the, that time, I was so uh, fascinated by. I wonder how American audiences respond to this, and you know, just looking around the room and go, yeah. oh, they're oh, they're not interested in that bit, but that bit's, you know, it's like. You know, it's just uh, more of a curiosity thing, I guess. When I worked there, I'd see a lot of films uh, when I worked over there. I was working, you know, reviewing, not interviewing people. Americans laugh in different parts of the movie. Yeah, to Australia. it's so interesting. It's, uh, it's yeah. fascinating. It's, 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 it's really interesting to understand how different. And again, it's like this idea of like once you make it, it's out of your hands. And, you you know, you and I have you've spoken about that before and that to be in the, the creative process for me and, and there's creativity in everything you you, yeah, you can run a household and be creative you can yeah, run a whole business and be creative. there's creativity in absolutely everything yeah. and yes there are nuts and bolts you know dollars in the bank account that have to happen so you can live the life that yeah. you're living and yet it, that has nothing to do with the creative process yeah yeah at all yeah yeah and I've, I've certainly run into trouble in the past trying to make something that would fill that bank account it ends up being something inauthentic and it then therefore something that doesn't land and it creates this self-fulfilling prophecy. hundred percent. Yeah. Versus I just want to make this cause it's something I fucking love yeah. and me and them are having a great time making yeah. it. A hundred percent. And then just pass it. Yeah. Yeah. Pass the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a hard approach to come to grips with. And it's so important to just have, like you say, have that, idea of um why you're doing this you know what what is the what is the point is it to get a grammy or is it to is your goal in life to like for me i you know 
without sounding too cheesy, it's to, you know, elevate the shows I work on and elevate music and, and, and the people around me. And, and, and that sort of becomes a bit of a key word there. And, you know, it's so important to just remember that. And then I suppose that's why when you see it, I'm like going to see something at Madison Square Garden or but there's something that's really well, it's, that's not exciting to me as, as much as like, did I manage to elevate this episode? Yeah, it's a good mindset to have, I think. But yeah, because you see people who just achieve every one of their dreams, but because that's, their dream was to win an Oscar, you know, they really struggle with it, I think. Just a moment away from Joff's studio there in uh, South Bank in Brisbane to let you know that NTNN NNN is uh, still playing at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. We're at Malthouse. We are playing until the 9th of April. Then we're playing Sydney Comedy Festival from the 3rd of May. Get in, get around it. Well, every TV show started somewhere and this TV show is starting here. Come and be a part of something at its inception. It's fuck tons of fun and I really, I'm loving it and I want you to come and dig it too because it's really, really good. You can get tickets in the show notes. We'll back with more with Joff in a moment. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You worked on a family law. Yeah. When you watch Ben Law on Survivor, which is also a show you compose music for, because like, it is weird, like, I, because the fabric of space and I time know. split apart. I don't know. I don't know if there's any of the music I did on Survivor has survived up to this point because they keep refreshing it and they take new themes. I mean, that was amazing. I'd probably not do it again, but it was like if I hear another pan pipe, I'm going to go mad. But it, but um, I. It was, it was an amazing experience, and to be part of that team and, and 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 of writing, you know, some tracks, a bunch. Well, I think it was 120 tracks or something we did for it. Um, but it's very high pressure and very fast pace. But <laughs> I remember watching some of the seasons, um, maybe after the second season or third season after oh, that used by score, and there was this track that they kept playing. And I was going, this is awful. Why are they using this? You know, this is a, this is like, they're using some light production library music. We spent so much time creating this world and they're using this production library music. Why do they keep using this track? And, and me and my partner would always like, we'd be watching it and we'd be going, Oh, they're playing this again. I don't think they use it anymore. But anyway, a few months ago, I was going through the files I delivered and I found that track. 
<laughs> and just see my partner's put it to her head. He goes, you wrote that. You wrote that. <laughs> Nothing could say. I delivered a product that the client or the person who asked me to do the job loved so much they couldn't stop playing it. <laughs> And nothing says, and then I let it go. Yeah, yeah. Then that story. Then then, yeah, yeah. That's gone. Well, they I, I, yeah. I, I don't even know. I don't even. Am I? Am I? <laughs> I don't even know if I'm using using the music anything I've done anymore. Um, you know, the writing for that show was like amazing because um, it's such a beautiful story. But the pressure of doing someone's real life stories, even though it was fictionalized, it was someone's real experiences there that was yeah that was that was a tricky one and i remember not wanting to speak to ben for like until i completely finished and then going oh was it okay (laughs) you know sheepishly going i can't talk to you about this i have to i just have to do what i think the story needs and then and then hope for the best but i hope you liked it (laughs) mate i'm sure i'm sure he did it went to air so you know he's a legend though I didn't, right. I, didn't re, I didn't rewrite it. No, you know? no. Then when you got a new, when you, you got this new record coming yeah. out, there's an the old phrase, the old saying: "You got your whole life to write your first album. You got six months to write your second." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you feel that? <laughs> um, it's definitely pressure for the second one because the first one was everything to prove. It was like this is a. It was. It's all sort of instrumental as well, and, and no one thought it would do that well. It was basically it was expected to just take the music from the show and just put it on a, on a record. I went. I went a bit full on with it and got you know like string sections in and stuff and and tried to turn everything into a thing. And I wasn't expecting it to do well. Um, and I remember when it reached when it reached the number one on the charts, I was moving house. That's how much I was like, oh, well, it'll be out, you know. And so I was doing the media calls like, oh, yeah, and just put that box over there. Yep, sorry, what were you saying? It's sort of like it was really, yeah, it was quite surreal. Um, and now because of that, it's like anything less than that on this next one, it's a failure. It's this sort of thing. And so it's, it was really hard. You know, we were talking about getting into that mindset of not trying to do things just to, just to please people or what you think will be popular. It was hard to get out of that mindset. It's not the Olympics. No. It's not the Olympics. You're not trying to be first over the line. That, that is yeah, the job. Exactly. If you're in the Olympics, your job is to get first yeah, over the yeah. line. This, that's not this no, job. That is not, not a the thing you're trying <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. no. It's not a hopefully, So hopefully people like it. I'm, you know, I'm really proud of it. Um, and there's some tracks that I wrote with, um, like, Jazz Darcy who has been, you know, we've worked together on Bluey since the beginning and, and, and Meg Washington as well. Um, we've developed some stuff, so... I'm terrible at doing the plug, but, I've, you know, I th- there's some really special stuff that I'm really proud of and, and, and it, it's great to work with the team and all these different people to try to make something. But it did take, yeah. you know, it did, you say six months for the second one, it did take us two years to finally release the next yeah. one and I'm sorry to you as a parent. <laughs> Don't be. Joff, I, I take it back to my earlier call on some of the shows that I watch with Wolf, like, Whenever we get in the car and he wants to hear that record, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, oh, good. You know, <laughs> yeah. we use the I Know A Place song. That is my I'm driving you around until you fall oh, asleep amazing. song. I've listened amazing. to that song 500 yeah. times. Yeah, and I like, oh, I have to shout out to Helena Chaika who, who we, we worked on that episode with 
it was a big team episode and she she worked on that episode too and, and wrote the lyrics and was like i i want to turn this into a song and it was really like from i was like oh i don't think we're gonna have any songs on it and then she wrote these lyrics and sang the demo and then jazz who i was talking about before sang the final one here and it was just like a you know i really have to tip my hat to her for that that and the fact that it was like uh, it was going oh no this is amazing we we should do this I would put it to you though, Josh, that, you know, you mentioned before there's things that you don't do, I don't do this, but what you do do is you create a space that these artists and these creators can lift to places they otherwise wouldn't yeah. get to because of the permission and the space and the, the the canvas that you have stretched across the bit of wood to allow them to do that. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it. Yeah. I could talk to you for a very long time. I could talk to you forever. And I've got to say, I thank you very much because at one point, if, you, if you're listening, you're about to give me turn up a guitar. At one point, you were going to be a part. I was going to do some live podcast episodes up in Brisbane <laughs> yeah. and Melbourne and, and it was going to be great. But then my doctor said, um, you can't travel with your leg like that. You can't do that. You really shouldn't give it a dose. So I had to bone everything. But we had all kinds of um, plans and we may yet. We may, we may yeah. yet do that, Joff. I, th- I think the big finale we had planned, I think, would, would work. <laughs> and we I could think do it. Still got, still got legs in it. <laughs> I, think, I think it could absolutely happen. Um, maybe for the big variety show or whatever the hell it is that I do. Um, but, you know, I don't normally do this with my guests, <laughs> but I thought, you know, if anything, I could say... Um, Joff, it's been so lovely having you on the podcast today. We talked about playing piano, man, to people who were drunken, eating off their plate. So, Joff, have a lovely afternoon. I hope it all goes very well and you find your melodica soon. Oh, Joff, thank you so much for being you yeah. oh. oh beautiful no thank you <laughs> oh no you're, ab- you're absolutely welcome beautiful thank you for doing this mate i really appreciate you're busiest man ever um no thanks it's been amazing and, and it's always i always love chatting to you and um <laughs> hope you don't have to do too much editing <laughs> but um really appreciate it That was Joff Bush, right there. The great and powerful, the one, the only. I hope you think a little differently about the music you listen to when you're watching the next thing you watch. Uh, I have since watched The Last of Us, well, bits of it at least, and so now I understand what he was talking about, but I didn't at the time. There's a lot to, I was busy writing this comedy show, okay? If you've never watched Bluey, it doesn't matter if you don't have kids, just catch some of it. It's stunning. It's a stunning, stunning, stunning piece of production and quite unbelievable and i am so extraordinarily proud that it comes out of brisbane because i'd never saw my i never saw the city i grew up in ever represented on television and to see it just thrills my heart to know that the brisbane accent is now the australian accent that kids are mimicking overseas that makes me very happy (laughs) i have to jet because we have a show tonight uh so i gotta go but uh, well not tonight tonight you're listening to this on Monday but I'm recording this on a day when we do have a show so I gotta go but you have a great day or night or afternoon morning whenever you're listening to this you have a good one thank you very much to 
Bree Steele, who uh, helped research uh, this show today. Thank you very much to Andy Ma, who does audio and video post. Thanks to Mike Mills, also known as Toehider, who made all the music for this one, and or everyone. And um, Rachel Barrett, executive producer of uh, The Everything. I'd love to come and see you at these shows. Melbourne, Sydney, get around it. Going to eat something, pack up my bicycle, ride to a theatre and pretend to be a newsreader. What a time to be alive. Tell Joff hi. Follow him along on Instagram. He's a lovely human. And um, enjoy some Bluey. All right, bye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.